0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of the Going in Circles podcast network. My co-host on the Big Monday Show, Mr. Barry Spears, will be with us in just a minute. Got a big weekend uh, to review. A lot of a lot of action. A lot of stakes. Uh, big story coming out of the weekend was the suspension of Rich Strike's jockey, uh, Rich Strike, who, who ran. Uh, really well on on saturday um a lot of other stuff going on and uh we'll talk about it see you in about a minute and a half pleasant acre farms is a full-service breeding operation located in morriston florida just outside of ocala if you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasantacre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasantacre Farms. Currently. The star of Pleasant Acre Farm Stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it 3-for-3, winning the $400,000 springboard mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at stallions.com or on Twitter at PAS Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hello, Hurricane Survivor Sniper.
1: <laughs> yeah. You made it. Yeah,
0: made it to the other side, huh? You got power back?
1: Yesterday.
0: Well, it's better than the uh, first uh, estimate that you got.
1: Yeah, they said Tuesday, and that would have been not ideal. But uh, they were out there doing their thing. I have to give them credit. They, they really got things back together around here fairly quickly. Even though I was annoyed by not having power, it wasn't, like, the biggest thing in the world. I, I know there's other people in other places in Florida that were hit way harder than than what we got. Or actually, we got lucky. Our, our neighborhood got kind of messed up. But um, we didn't do that bad as far as damage or anything. And everybody's safe, happy, healthy, and back to work. Back to work, I hear you, man. Yeah. Other than was... breezy, breezy's breezy's home till Wednesday. Really? Don't back to school till Wednesday because I think her school doesn't have power yet. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure she's highly upset about that. No, she is not. Other than the fact that I I gave her the Heisman on making um shrimp ramen for her earlier.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she's fine with it. <laughs>
1: Is it play her Nintendo?
0: Yeah, I could hear. I I could. I could dig that
1: better. I could dig that. Yeah.
0: Well, we have uh, we have news and thoroughbred racing as as always. We have some controversy.
1: You said good news?
0: No, I said we have news. Oh, Oh, I mean it's good news, I guess. I guess depends on how you look at it, right? What's good for someone is bad for someone else. True, true. Um, true. In this case, uh, Sonny Leone. Oh man, he got uh, 15 days for the uh, <laughs> the flagrant foul he committed on Tyler Gatto. <laughs> flagrant two <laughs> at the end of the uh, the Lucas Classic. Um it's always so interesting to me to see people's reactions in that. Uh, I mean, we've been calling pretty much since we started the show for the stewards to like do something, you know, about the rough riding that, that exists on a daily basis. It's essentially across the board. I don't know that there's any tracks that are really, um, you know, not, not, uh, they're immune to the issues of of hurting and (laughs) sense of hurting. And I just think it's funny sometimes how how the reactions and then kind of the counter reactions and (laughs) like when it first came out and uh, I mean I'll be honest. I'm happy Rich I lost. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) not not because i i didn't even bet on the race i just couldn't really make heads or tails of it and couldn't come up with a real solid opinion and and honestly in the preview i i kind of said you know of all the horses in the race the one horse that's most likely to improve is him is red strike yeah and um you know everyone else in the race and i know people hate uh, you know i'm gonna hate to hear this at least some people but those horses are just horses, um, right? They you know, were what good. what passes these days for like you know, top <clears throat> flight races are just not that good. I mean, the horses just aren't that good, and the separation between the three year olds and the older horses at this time of year it just isn't that great anymore. And and um, you know, Art Collector is is a nice horse, and I'd like to have him, but I mean, right? He's not.
1: He's he, not burning. Burning up anybody, you know. He's not. He's just a, just he a nice horse
0: against the top, oh, he's top okay. horses. He's, he's just not good like. enough. And, um, I mean, Hot Rod Charlie's a good horse, but <laughs> he doesn't exactly, you know. He, he, you can't wallpaper your your walls of your office with with Hot Rod Charlie win pictures. <laughs>
1: More like place pictures, which is amazing <laughs> that he actually kind of fought back and won. You know, Chess Chief is
0: you know he he's been he's been well terrible. he's just waiting for the fairgrounds to open. he's been terrible all year and and uh king Fury's just a clunker and king I mean, Fury. happy saver got stuck on the inside and i mean leon did a pretty good job of keeping him trapped which seemed to be his goal um for most of the race and it worked but um I mean, the horse ran good. He ran well. I, I just sometimes I'm not sure what the the Rich Strike fan base wants us to say. Like, oh, he ran well. Is he better than we originally thought? Probably. He he's, he has developed some. But he's this is October of his two-year-old year. Excuse me, three-year-old year. And he still has two wins. Well, that's
1: that's where it stops and starts with me. I mean, if he would have won the other day, you know, uh, it would have at least boosted him up. But to me, it, it it doesn't really do much for him in defeat, especially against a field like that. You know, if, if it was a better field and he kind of, you know, improved and, and ran that well, I'd be, you know, A little more excited. Um, But I I just don't think that feel was that great. And then he took the lead and gave it back up. Um, That doesn't bode well for me, anyway, going forward. I I mean, yeah, he ran better. And then you could also say that he could be just a horse for course, um, you know, for Churchill. I mean, his, his best two races by far. We're at Churchill. Three races now. Yeah. I, I think I he broke it made by 13 there, correct? I
0: think that people pointing out the Travers buyer figure, that buyer figure is high because Epicenter ran really well. <laughs> right? Epicenter ran and it, it may even be a little bit high in, in that. In general, like uh, the whole crew got it's hard good to believe they all, all the horses who ran second, third, and fourth all ran their lifetime best race in that race. Yeah, that's not happening. That's but that doesn't seem especially since, since two of them came out of that race. Well, actually, two of them, all three of them came out of that race to lose. And, and yeah, I mean, Rich Strike ran well enough to win, he, he got beat ahead. It wasn't like he got beat five lengths, but. I just, you know, and this is my question. Who am I supposed to use as a measuring stick for Rich Strike in, in the past? Like, he won the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So, once you win the Kentucky Derby, well, I don't want to hear about moral victories. Oh, wins, win. races. Win I'd say ra- that, you know, maybe that, only, always. That's not, that's not downgrading his, like his performance. And, and honestly, it's like, you know, you said something the other day, or uh, a few minutes ago. The older horses stink in this country, <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, it's like everybody's oh no, my god, injured! Uh, hot Rod Charlie is hot, not hot Rod that. Charlie never wins. He, nope. he he beat Bret Strike by a head. Happy Saber never wins. Our collector has has four wins in the last two years. Two in the or five wins in the last two years. Two in the dar, which is a restricted stake, and two at Charlestown.
1: You know, how Charlie is almost like the the running style opposite of Midnight Bourbon. Yeah, right. I mean, he just he's there all the time. He's right there, close, and he doesn't win a whole lot.
0: Um, I mean, country grammar. You know, <laughs> but that race, the old country grammar, I mean, has shown up. Will, fine. will someone please try to try to convince me that that was a good race in California today? And it's the same old horses in California. And everybody said, oh, Country Grammar won the, you know, the Iran guy Country Grammar is really good in, in the Middle East. You <laughs> <He> should stand <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. But they take turns beating each other.
1: Yeah, out west. The awesome
0: again, it was just a race. I mean, these are just okay horses. I think if Flightline runs his race, I could ride him and beat those horses. And the horse who's supposed to be the second best horse didn't look good. He didn't look good his last two races. I mean, he he did fine in the Whitney. He won the race. You know, it it was it was a um it was a workman like victory, and everyone got got caught up in the Irad tactics after that race.
1: See, they, they I think they got it wrong. They should have got after him about his tactics this time, and they didn't. Yeah, I think I, I think Todd Pletcher did
0: though. I know what he's saying, but I don't, I don't think he, I think the horse was, uh, honestly, I think the horse stumped the other day. Yeah, he made, I, you know, listen, it, you, can it was say, a wet track you can say too. he took a hold of him too hard for the first half mile of the race, but the reins are dangling after the half mile. He doesn't have a, have a hold of him on the turn. The <laughs> reins are dangling and that's not how the horse races. Like he, he he's, he's a horse that runs through the bridle irad was nervous and that's what i was looking at in that race because a was on a, a was on a, a sloppy track it was aqueduct he's never run there uh irad did obviously when he broke he got him to off of the inside intentionally which i'm, I'm assuming he's trying to find the best path but irad got nervous when he looked to the right going on the turn and law professor right the there it is. There, and his horse wasn't accelerating like he always does at that part of the race. He was worried. And he even did the, you know, the late crossover to make yeah, sure. I saw that. you know, <clears throat> and, and to me, that instead of me trying to determine how the horse felt or this or that, I watched the guy that rides him all the time. And you watch him ride him in some of the other races. And I went back and, and you watch him. Uh, watch, yeah, as a Pegasus. I mean, he didn't move a muscle and the horse just drew away, <laughs> you know. And 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 you watch him in the, the Nerud, mm-hmm. um, and you know, even in the Whitney until until late in the stretch. I mean, on the turn in the Whitney, it looked like he was gonna pull away, you know, like just gallop, gallop. And, I mean, to me, he just, since he's come back from Dubai, he ran that one big race in the sprint. But they beat the crap out of Speaker's Corner that day. And at the time, Speaker's Corner was much higher regarded than he is now. And I have, I don't watch these these television shows but horse racing shows. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's awful. It's just awful. I mean, it makes, like, NFL broadcasts seem like Emmy Award winners. But the idea that, that Junior Alvarado did something wrong on Speaker's Corner in the mile race at Churchill is, is as was offered by one of the talents um, who was a very very was a great rider, but his TV skills just seems like you know like like we always got to be mad at somebody or we're always defending the undefendable or we're mad at somebody. But the horse, if you go back to his February and March form. Anybody could have ridden that I could have ridden him and beat that field. <laughs> True. He was running huge numbers and he was destroying fields. The horse who was second in um what do they call that race that they ran on? at Churchill? <laughs> <laughs> what is Saturday? Call? The mile race. Oh the Mile. Yak. Yak. The Akak.
1: Yes, the Akak. Ac-
0: um you know it's funny. The ACAC used to be run at seven and a half furlongs, and that, and I always wondered why. <laughs> it was one of yeah. those things. So I moved to. Contrisa. Why not seven or a mile? Why yes, yeah. they they used to run that seven and a half. They used to run more races at seven and a half, and I I never did get a, an, an explanation as to why that happened. But they never run them anymore. Um. Anyway, the horse who was second, um Carlo Vecareza's horse. Yes. Uh Speaker's Corner destroyed that horse. He, you know, in, in March at Gulfstream, he just, like, crushed him. And he's not the same horse. And and I guess the point I was making is that we gave Life is Good a little bit more credit in the neighborhood. Maybe than he deserved because he, he beat the shit out of Bumps. Speaker's Corner. Right. He, the, the he Speaker's Corner has stunk since, since the Met Mile. I mean his race at Delmar wasn't wasn't good. And his race I don't I don't understand Bailey. Like what did he think? I missed am just trying to figure out what, what did he want him to do? Go to the lead.
1: Well, clearly the, the horse isn't, like you said, the same. So he's not, you know, I mean the tip off should have been the last race. <laughs> you know, probably needed a break after that one instead of going in the ACAC. But here we are. And I'm sure he'll get a break now. You probably won't see him until Gulfstream Championship meet.
0: Honestly, I thought from the rail to Alvarado, and especially when the rail seemed good earlier in the card, that he would send. And he would send him, right. But I don't necessarily think that he has to be on the lead. No. And I don't think that that race, um, I don't think it cost him a race no he's not he's not like an all
1: out front runner or anything right. like that he, he i mean he's showing a little bit of tactical speed you know where he doesn't have to be on the engine and and sit off a of horses. i mean that's basically what he did those mile races at, at Gulfstream was kind of sit off and and just take over and and crush him.
0: He hasn't had that since <laughs> Gulfstream to be honest no he is uh well, he came to Aqueduct and he won pretty easily. Yeah, um,
1: but he didn't even, even when he won that easily, he didn't look as
0: impressive. No, it just it, didn't have the
1: same kind of feel that it did when he was here.
0: But he he had nothing the other day. Like, no, I, he that, was that's zero. why someone had put a Twitter that Bale was blaming Alvarado. And I was thinking to myself, <clears throat> like, did he watch the same race I watched that? Like, what did Alvarado do wrong? He had him sitting third on the inside behind a pretty solid pace. And he, on on a track where the inside was pretty good,
1: right? He just doesn't have the punch. He just, he just needs a break.
0: No, I mean, the Delmar like... race was no good. He got to the lead. He went fast, but you know, he's the Delmar sprinters aren't any aren't really any good either.
1: Yeah, when Cz you know? Brockett when loses by a half a nose, you got to think the sprinters are not right. that. Good.
0: No, so I I just was sometimes I just don't understand like the logic that they use, but. But um, no, I mean, I, uh, to go back to the original point, I, I mean, Rich Strike ran well, he did, and Leon got 15 days, and he deserved 15 days. Yes, he did. You know, and, and he's got a, a long history of of riding aggressively. But well, yeah. I think this is a good time for like the this is where the stewards
1: can really put their stamp on it and come out and say something publicly and say, hey. This is not how we ride. Whenever unfortunately, the, there's nothing that you will through. get a 15 day suspension. There's no, the there's problem nothing... people are having is that Irad did the same thing in the Remsen and got no days.
0: No, well, uh, no, they gave him 30 days, but but that. Well, yeah, sort of but a, it was
1: kind of a com-
0: combination. of yeah, one the, offense you know, almost almost killing the guy the day before. Right, but it it doesn't it shouldn't have to be this bad to get that i mean correct yes this is a this is a a symptom of the of the problem the problem is that they let the guys do whatever they want to do and you know <laughs> if you're a writer and you're seeing the guys who are the most successful doing it well why aren't you going to copy it they are and that's what they're doing but, you know, some people, you know, getting, oh, he should get 60 days. He should get a month. He should get six months. He should get 10 years. I mean. <sighs> no, I think they did the right thing, to be honest. But they
1: just have to make sure that we know, and I say we as in horse players in the public, that every time that's going to happen, this is going to be the result.
0: You know what the problem is, though, Barry, is for us, we watch. New York, we watch. We watch we,
1: everything, right? I mean, literally,
0: the stewards in Kentucky can only control what the stewards in Kentucky can do, and this is why Heisa is a complete failure in this regard. In that, this is something that should be under the safety prevail. Right. You're telling me you're going to tell me <clears throat> that what Leon did in the at the end of the race is less dangerous than than striking a horse seven times instead of six because <laughs> they they've taken on one quote-unquote challenge but they haven't taken on the other and it's just
1: stupid well i i I think that that speaks to their lack of experience across the board with whomever is is regulating because you know i mean we we pay attention to this stuff um quite a bit and i wouldn't expect the hisa people to be any less involved (laughs) than we are You know what I mean? They should be more involved and watching everything and and coming up with these things to help safety like dangerous riding. (laughs) But, you know, like you said, they're fixated on how many strikes there are in the lane or, you know, how, you know, taking away purse money from owners, stuff like that, which really isn't doing anything to help.
0: It's no. actually hurting, to be honest, but... Well, no, this, is, this is something that should be... It should be... The first thing you should tackle is this. These incidents, on-the-track incidents. Because it's the thing that affects every single person in the game. And it's visible. It's the most visible thing. And it's just why I, I've been... And people will listen, I'm just saying he's going on his tangent again, but it's just, this is the perfect example of why. And what you said is the perfect example of why this is not going to, what you asked for is not going to happen. Because the judgment of different stewards is, there's like I said, there's nothing to tie them together. They're individually deciding their own rules. I mean, the rules are what they are, but the interpretation uh, is right. Well, it's too, too ambiguous. There's, there's too many really ways to go this. with it. I mean, the people in Maryland took a horse down for doing nothing,
1: <laughs> and and tried to justify it too.
0: And in and, and New York, you can't run a race without some hurting of some sort. So, anyways, well, back to life is good. Supposedly, he's going to run in the Breeders' Cup and that's good um yeah i I was kind of going over who's going to run in the breeder's cup (laughs) classic and i got three right now uh, well i i know three and i I think hot rod charlie's gonna run so there's four uh obviously flight line obviously life is good they said they're gonna run and epicenter Yep. Um. I guess Cyber Jet's your Cyber Jet. Why do I keep going? The oh, horse Cyber Knife. Cyber Knife is going to run, and 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 you know he should. I, I think it's he deserves be, it. He deserves a shot at that. it might be his last race, which
1: that sucks yeah. because I was touting him as like the perfect horse to run in the Pegasus.
0: Maybe he will, but I mean, I just don't think he's. Well, I mean, let's face it. He's won one race. Of importance, the Haskell. Um, you know, I guess he won the Arkansas Derby, but call it what it is; it's still a prep race. Mm-hmm. Um, he won the Haskell, and he was second in the Travers, and he was what third in the Pennsylvania Derby. There's just so
1: much more. I mean, right? I would say, you know, to me that screams like it's at least. A, a crack at one or two of those races at the beginning of the year with the pegasus dubai done or
0: anything. let's let's run them next year because you know like it'd be nice <laughs> to see him win some races i mean it, that's the thing and, and this is what drives me crazy and people get brainwashed into thinking the horses with two and three lifetime wins are good you gotta do
1: more well, you got to earn it you know that's how i feel like he i mean not that he hasn't run well
0: he's run well he's but, a
1: good horse but i mean you know he's like, okay but I, I would think they would want his resume to be a little bit better than what it is if they're going you know and and he's he's sound enough to to run next year uh, i don't and with the crop that's coming out or you know going in the stud might as well just run them.
0: Yeah, right. I, I just—I uh, don't know. I don't get it. I mean, life is good. Retires. Flightline retires. I mean, I'm assuming epicenter is coming back, but yeah, that's on the fence. That's that's no guarantee. Uh, and it's not as though they couldn't find races, you know, to avoid epicenter if that was what they wanted to do. And you know you can you can't be afraid I don't of he, I
1: don't, I don't think epicenter's put fear in anybody anyway. I don't know he's pretty he, he's, he's pretty good. I I like him. Trust he's me. he's he's pretty good. <laughs> he's damn good, but I don't think he's scaring anybody. You know, he's he doesn't have the flight line effect. No. <clears throat> or life is good effect if if you want to do that on a slightly smaller scale.
0: Yeah. I wonder if Olympiad's gonna come around again.
1: He's another one that I think would be great for the Pegasus.
0: Running style and everything, just you know, maybe if Flightline does this does does retire after the Readers Cup, then, you know, maybe someone will reconsider. I was gonna say maybe that's what everybody's waiting for. <laughs> To so, figure
1: that out, and once that's known, then you'll see everybody's plans kind of solidify.
0: No, it's it's not exactly a difficult task to duck flight lines since he runs every six months. <laughs> you could just run in one of the the five months in between his starts. Uh, it's just it's a, I, I get it's a business. I understand the the economics at play, but I don't I don't have and you know like. I don't like to spend other people's money or tell other people to do with their own money, but if you're a really rich guy, I, I don't want to hear you. I, I, I don't like when you make more money. That doesn't make me happy. And I'm not one of these sick, wacko people <laughs> that think that everyone needs to be taxed 88%. But <laughs> I mean, is it really going to affect your life? If your horse goes to stud and stands for 25000 it's, it's a nice little paycheck, but you got to pay taxes. No? I don't know. I'd, it's just to me, and, and I guess Richard Galpin told me 20 years ago, he said, you don't understand, son. Rich people, they think different than us. Hmm. But I would like to have the best horse or one of the best horses in the country and, and run them all over the place. You know, kind of do like what Sonny Hine did with Skip Away. And Sonny Hine was a cranky old dude and 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 he <laughs> you know he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But think about think about the races that horse ran in. Think about cigar. Everywhere. You know, that, that wasn't fifty years ago. They didn't run against citation. <laughs> it was it was twenty-five years ago. The breed hasn't changed that much in twenty five years. That's a crack of shit. And I understand the reasons why they would do it. But that doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. And I'm a person who thinks Flightline should retire after, if he wins the Breeders Cup because I just don't understand well, what, I mean, what he's coming back to do next year. If he's right, already crashing forces. I mean, what is the point of coming back and racing in, in, in three-horse races? Because who's going to run against them? Right. The context is, is
1: everything in this situation. We have two horses. You know, Um, one, like you said, runs three times a year against nobody (laughs) or very little competition. And then you have another who is good, not great and can actually build up his resume a little bit more if he ran, you know, if he gave himself another season. I think it was only upside and, you know, obviously unless the horse gets hurt, but <clears throat> seems sound enough. He doesn't have those kind of issues. Yeah. But I mean, most, I, I, I would think they would lean towards running them next year, but again, you never know. I wouldn't want to come out the same year. You know, I, I wouldn't want to put a horse in the stud the same year flight line is coming out anyway.
0: Well, there's a lot of really good young Steins out there, right? Too. Uh, uh, I mean, into mischief is, funny is ridiculous. We uh, on our on our, uh, our Twitter spaces that we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays with uh, the the silks guys, you know, one one or two uh, episodes we spent mostly trashing into mischief, and into mischief's the leading sire in the general list. It's crazy, sire. <laughs> but um. You know, you have into mischief, and you have Curlin, and you have um, Gunrunner, obviously, and and all the the you know the, the up and coming stallions, and uh, I mean, there's there's no there's no shortage of, of really good American dirt stallions out there. You know, a Ed Flightline and Life is Good. I mean, Life is Good is as good a looking at the horse as, as you could find. I mean he's well-made he's just big and he's strong and he moves great and then like he's got a good pedigree i mean as a stallion prospect and and there's no short things with stallion prospects i mean lots of great horses have gone to stud and not done very well at all but i mean you certainly have to think that he would have a big shot of 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 getting a, a really good book of mares of course um mandolins going to stud the derby winner (laughs) I don't know if I would you know like hey of course we have to remember and and this is something that that a lot of people that just the the misconception is that if this horse is better as a stallion a racehorse than this horse then, then, then that's what you should breed to and that's just absolutely positively not the case well
1: let's just say this I would not preferably want to be in Manalone's first crop.
2: You no know, I
1: mean but he's he's a well bred horse. He's definitely a well bred horse for sure. to sure. get
0: you know mean he's a Mott horse. They've got a huge book of top mares so he's going to get a shot and um yeah but there, there's no telling like who's going to be a good stallion who's not going to be a good stallion it just there's a lot of uh, and, and thankfully that that's true because if it was right it, it'd be easy. everybody yeah. would do the
1: same things right. you know this is just a copycat business as far as that goes everybody would do it. They'd jump on whomever and only want their horses bred to that horse that produces winners every time. <laughs> right. You wouldn't have a Medina spirit out of Protonico happen.
0: Other one. Poor Medina Spirit. Yeah. Um, I got to be honest. The, the as a prep weekend. This was this was a pretty underwhelming. Very
1: week. subpar. And like you wouldn't even know <laughs> any of those races meant anything like the Frazette and all that other stuff. I mean, you really have to be in the horse racing for that one.
0: Like the Miss Grillo, man, there was only six horse six fillies in there. To win in your in race for two year olds on the turf. I I just and, and honestly those horses, the fillies to me, were better groups. Yeah. Than than the um than the boys. And the fillies race wound up being kind of a you know, Shugs horse went to the lead and went slow. You know, there's no pace in the race. That's the other thing. It's it's like, for some reason, it, it, uh, in New York, you're not allowed to have a, a turf horse with speed anymore. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, they uh, just don't let horses roll. <laughs> like they but do. the Pilgrim, I mean, that really stunk, though. Those horses are no good.
1: Clearly, I, I mean, mean you got a horse that never ran on the turf before, one easy.
0: No, honestly, you know, you actually put that horse out there and said that that's who you're yes. going with in that race. And, you know, when I got to thinking about it, I mean, why everybody not? else didn't look good.
1: <laughs> they he didn't look that great. He had experience.
0: He'd run a couple times, he'd run two turns. And, you know, Boltioro, I mean, Pletcher even said he says, you know, he's had some turf winners. Boltioro <laughs> was a case of a horse who's probably gonna be a much better stallion than he was a racehorse.
2: Hmm.
0: I don't know that he was how can I sell this delicately uh <laughs> Well I don't know hand- he properly. was perfectly managed as a racehorse. Yeah, he wasn't it so. wasn't handled properly. Yeah. I mean, but um he took a shot. I mean why not, right? And honestly he looked at the eighth pole, like he was gonna get beat yeah I thought he was going to get passed wildly over bet Chad Brown horse was making a run but then he kind of like he held him off. Yeah. I would say this if I was uh if I was one of those euros, I wouldn't be scared of any of those. no fear <laughs> I'd be sending over if I had a two year old stable pony I'd be trying to get him in <laughs> you know which money's over there. <laughs> Um, it was funny Andy Serling put out something today and he's not wrong about the juvenile turf sprint and it, it probably was a breeders cup race and yep he's probably right about that because and this is the this is the argument I used to have about the marathon when it was a breeders cup race no division um, well, there's no division <laughs> like it's a championship right but it's a championship for a division that doesn't exist you know like you got to build a division first. You have to have maiden races and allowance races and stakes, a series of stake races. You can't just put, it was so funny. People thought, Oh, well, the people start breeding, you know, well, distance horses because they want to win a breeder's cup. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to breed a mile and three quarters horse. Uh, and then I'm going to wait four years for him to run in a breeder's cup. Like it, it was a glorified starter allowance race and there's nothing wrong with having the race on an, uh, on an undercard but it should be a breeders cup race um, and he's not wrong about the turf and it doesn't really bother me that much it's 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 like it's going to be a full field it's going to be a good betting race it's going to uh, and and let's face it they 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 have that race to attract european horses over yeah um so but that goes back to you know some of the stuff we talk about with the Breeders' Cup and, and, and kind of Toba as well. And and let me just make sure you understand: Toba, the Breeders' Cup, the Jockey Club—they're all the same people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty much all the same people. It's they, they, they could get in and, and work together on this thing. It's not like it's totally different groups or you know. Um, but to try to set up um, a series uh, of races, a schedule of sort, of a road to the Breeders' Cup, a path to the Breeders' Cup. And, and we've talked about this little ad nauseum about other, you know, the Philly sprinters, like why, why those races, you know, could be much better organized, but um, it, it's, it's not wrong. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, like I said, it's it's a good betting race. I mean, it's 14 horses, Probably coming from about ten different places. <laughs> and, uh... Well, it's just it's just
1: so apparent now. Like it's almost getting to the point where it's laughable that somebody doesn't come in and change things. You know, like especially with the graded stakes. I, I even tweeted out about it because I was just annoyed that you get these graded stakes, and you know, you're like, all right, you know, the grade two whatever stakes is up today but it ends up being a five horse field a 1 to 5 shot that wins and it's just not it's not exciting by any stretch of the man- imagination but i think it's just getting to the point where you know i would you would think that it's just getting too ridiculous and and things are going to have to change but we've been saying this for a good couple years now and we're still in the same place.
0: There's so many things that um, this industry lacks, and and one of the things that it really lacks in these days is is someone to lead. And there's no leadership. The, what what's seen as leadership is is just pathetic. Um. And you say, just well, well, who should be the leader, Chuck? Someone, someone should. Someone I mean, should take this one it racetrack is, track. Track exec to step up and, and
1: make some changes, even though and the, consistently do it. It, and, it can't and,
0: be a racetrack exec though, because a racetrack exec, he works for his track, he works for his his operation. I mean, they have to look out for themselves now that doesn't mean that sacrifices can't be made. They can't work with other tracks, but it needs to be one of these, the breeders cup really should take the lead. Yeah. Because they have, uh, what everyone wants to, to, to to, get, to be involved with, right? They've got the series of races, uh, the two days of races, the, the big money that everyone looks forward to at the end of the year. Yep. That is the currency that they possess. And they can call shots, but they're paralyzed by people in tidy whities <laughs> that won't make a decision and will don't you know are so worried about pissing someone off or offending someone. This is a horse racing. How can you offend someone in horse racing unless they're like just super sensitive? Oh, you said my horse suck. Well, yeah, but your horse does suck. I don't like <laughs> it. Then, then, then entering, it's my horse. I mean, that, that's how this whole thing started hundreds of years ago. My horse is better than your horse. And it's evolved into this country club atmosphere of, you know, we don't want to upset the apple cart because, oh, then they're, they're making money and they're making money and they're making money and they're making money.
1: Who cares? Can't make an Why should? Why should?
0: Why should everyone else care? You know what we'd like. We'd we'd like if you fix things, and you made things better. We don't even get into the the betting side of it, but <laughs> these are these. Are, you know, we need to fix these things. There's too many graded stake races. There's too many horses that train into races now because. For years and years and years, the dirty little secret about Kentucky Derby was this. And, you know, no trainers of, of big outfits ever going to admit this. At least they won't publicly. But half the horses are there because the owners want to be there. And they look at it as though the trainer is paid to get me to that race. It's a 20 horse race on a mile and a quarter. Kind of a crapshoot, you know. I just want to get in there and take a shot. We know that we've always known that. Um, and it's kind of ignored. And people take horses like Soup and Sandwich and say, Oh, well, he, you know, he's a sleeper horse, he's got no shot, he never had a shot, never had a shot, zero shot. Even Tyba, Tyba's is is. Tabak could beat soup and sandwich with two legs tied together. <laughs> but he couldn't over he couldn't win that race in his third race. He was in there because the owner wanted to be in there. Which is fine. It's the Kentucky Derby. But now the Breeders' Cup has turned into that. In the training up to, the training up to, we're gonna train up to, we're gonna train up to. Because they just want to make it. They just want to make it in the race. That's just not how horse racing works, <laughs> or, or or at least worked for however many years it's been around. You you credentialed yourself. You 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 prepared yourself. You got the foundation. And if if your horse threw a clunker in or got hurt or something happened, well, that was that was the way it went. You healed him back up and you brought him back. Yep. Now it's like we we need to, oh, a horse runs a good race and we they put them in bubble wrap and then we're supposed to just you know train up to it train up to it train up to it train up to it and it takes away it takes away from the whole game and it's not an individual thing it's not this guy or that guy it's it's just across the board I remember the first Breeders Cup 1984 Hollywood Park the turf with half the field. Shipping in from overseas.
1: All <laughs> ran the week before.
0: <laughs> the Entire field ran within three weeks. Every horse in the race had run within three weeks. I think there was fourteen of them. It's unheard now, of. Days now, there won't be any. It'll be zero. Not
1: at not at a, at a in a grade one race. No, no. And
0: it's funny because people say, "Oh, in Europe they run them two weeks." Yeah, they run them back in two weeks once. And then they don't run for seven months. <laughs> so we have a, a going in circles podcast uh, YouTube channel. And I've been putting on putting up um, <clears throat> videos on the playlists of races. So I'm trying to divide out all the Breeders' Cup races, or at least the pertinent ones. And putting all the videos for all the contenders in it. So that we can just look at them um, without having to search for them. And I was going through the European races. And I mean, a lot of these horses, they've, they run three or four times over there. Oh, yeah. And it's just so funny that people use the argument when it, when it suits them. Oh, in Europe, they, they race. They, they race all the time. They race them back. Oh, look at that horse! He ran an Ascot, then he ran. You know, ten days later, yeah. Then he didn't run again till October.
1: <laughs> yeah, nice, healthy eight
0: month layoff. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, moving on. I was, um, <laughs> I was looking at. Don't ask me why but I was looking at the NBA lines for last night and I saw that the Suns were a 29 and a half point favorite over some team called the 36ers. The 36ers. The 36ers who were like, like they're like the like half of the 76ers. Um literally and they had they'd had come over twice and played preseason games and gotten thrashed. God, they and come smoked. over hadn't come over since uh, before covid the year before covid actually but um i just i just thought it was so funny <laughs> the sun's lost <laughs> they lost the game outright they were 20 and a half point favorites it just goes to show you man sometimes vegas doesn't get it right yeah they seem to get football right
1: though man they they get football right up and down the whole way I don't understand it. It's it's freakish. Like the, the over-unders, I'll never understand how they get that number relatively right every time. Like they're right around that number. True. I just don't understand. It just doesn't register in my head how that's possible. And I guess that's because of me playing basketball. And I know like somebody could get hurt during the game and come off the bench. Some, some other guy that never plays comes off the bench and lights them up for like 50. So, I mean, it's like all the random things that can
0: happen in the game. Right. Or more, more often than not, they're, they're the number is they're right on.
1: Right. Like, I mean, you can't account for injuries and you can't account for just a bad day by – offensively or defensively by one of the teams. It's just, but they're always on it, despite those things.
0: Uh, you know who's going to the, the, the game uh, in Buffalo this weekend? Our guy? The mayor. Oh, on the purpose? Man. The mayor and company are heading to Buffalo. On purpose? They're going on Saturday afternoon. I guess Saturday morning. They're going to go, they're getting a tour of Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. So if you see an incident at Niagara (laughs) Falls, you'll know why. Some lunatic
1: throwing wings at somebody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's our guy. There's a guy with a giant head. He just jumped over the falls (laughs) with a margarita. In Um, a barrel. Yeah. So they're playing the Steelers. And there's one guy who listens to this podcast. I know for sure that uh, big Steelers guy, Helium V, or V Helium. <laughs>
1: he's also a helium
0: fan. There's another guy too.
1: <laughs> oh, I know that
0: guy too. <laughs> uh, sorry, dude. <laughs> you got beat by the Jets. I don't want to say it too loud because you know if you know who gets beat by the Jets next week, it'll be torturous. But. Oh. But no, the Buffalo is a 14-and-a-half point favorite over the Steelers. As they should be. I never thought the Steelers should be a 14-point underdog to anybody.
1: I mean, yeah, because you would think, like, you know, traditionally their defense has, has been pretty decent. Well, the best player got hurt. That
0: didn't help. and That didn't help, yeah. Uh, you know, the, they started out... With uh, Mitchell Cushing as their is their quarterback,
1: <laughs> Mitchell Cushing,
0: <laughs> he's he's already benched. Uh,
1: no, all the Bears fans are coming out of the woodwork to talk smack about that.
0: Yeah, well, the Bears fans don't have much to talk about their quarterback. Well, they
1: got to take wins when they can get them. Yeah. So I guess uh, getting rid of Mitch was a win.
0: It was, it was, but turning out that way so far. They didn't look exactly like uh, eighty-five <laughs> bears <laughs> And that came last yesterday against the.
1: the well, then our guy, our guy Tua, got his egg scrambled on Thursday. Uh,
0: Tua got yeah, Tua's in the concussion protocol.
1: No, McDaniel said he's going to play.
0: So, yeah, going with the coach. Not against the Jets.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it'd be, you know, they can handle the Jets. Teddy Teddy can handle the Jets. Yeah, Teddy Teddy can take care of the Jets. He just got to shake off the rust a little bit. A little bit.
0: Yeah, he looked a little better this week. At least he, he was prepared to play. <laughs> he wasn't ready. I maintain against Buffalo that he had just popped. Like, he wasn't ready. He did had it. popped, like, three gummies on the sidelines. He was just going <laughs> to chill on the bench. and Oh, <laughs> Shit, I got to play?
1: (laughs) He was making dinner reservations, man.
0: He didn't seem all with it, but he seemed (laughs) like he got a concussion without even getting... (laughs) He might have. (laughs) He he got a concussion getting up off the bench. (sighs) He got up too fast. (laughs) Yeah, so Keeneland this week, my favorite bet of the year is back, the $3 turf. Try or whatever oh, they yeah. call it. Triple try. What are they? What is it called? The, oh, the, the, the turf. Oh.
1: Turf triple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's three dollar turf bet. Yeah, you know so what I'm talking, talking about. Know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Kentucky's gonna have turf racing. They have it at Ellis Park, but I'm not sure that that, that seems. More
1: nah, cool. it doesn't have the same
0: kind like, of green pavement. Doesn't feel the same. Then they have uh, the. Kentucky Downs with the biased inside at the second half of the meet.
1: One thing about Ellis is like watching replays from Ellis is like horse player torture. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's no good way to watch a race from Ellis Park. It's, that, it's, that is true. Do you know, I was in Kentucky for 10 years. <laughs> I never won a race at Ellis Park.
1: What? I never won. How many did you run though? I mean, not many, but yeah, I was gonna say it...
0: not many. I went there the first time I went there. It was like one hundred and forty two degrees, <laughs> and I was like, "This is the hottest place on earth, man." <laughs> I can't function. I went and I got in my car and I I sat in the AC.
1: It can't be worse than Miami peak
0: summer. <sighs> You can get used to Miami, right? Yeah, Ellis. is just, I, I have to say, I I've know, the humidity in Miami is what gets you. It rarely gets over a hundred degrees in Miami. But I remember this in Tucson when I was at school, and this was when I, well, I had to get you know I had to get the registered and stuff. You, you were leaving. I remember the first day I went to Tucson was um, the day after the Travers that. Uh, Java Gold one, okay. I remember it was a cold, miserable day. There, it was that weekend, was was not nice. I remember, it, a, it was cold, rain before the race, yeah. It, it was Ford, right before it, it the... was, it was like chilly. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it
1: wasn't, it didn't feel like a normal late August day.
0: And I got, um, I got, uh, I got off the plane in Tucson and. I left the airport and I walked out and they had this, you know, sliding glass doors and it was like walking into a furnace. It was like a hundred <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. What did I get myself into here? Cause I never visited or nothing. I was like, how bad can it be? And I saw the brochure. <laughs> I saw sun and cactuses and chicks. And I was like, <laughs> He's like, count me in. <laughs> How bad can this place be? You know, (laughs) I I can make it there for uh, for at least a a couple years, but um, everything was so hot, and that's the thing is the ground gets hot. The ground is hot, so you know there's no escaping it. I burned my hand on a phone bank, like a payphone. Yeah, yeah, it was in the sun and. It's hard to describe, but they had this this bank of phones, on, <laughs> on <laughs> and uh <laughs> I went up and I picked one up, and yeah, I've been in the sun for nine hours or whatever, and it was it was like picking up molten iron, man. I was <laughs> <laughs> surprised to have any feeling at hand after that, but. Some girl was like, no, it was like, you know, slow motion. <laughs> like, oh, don't no, pick the phone up. But, but yeah, it was so hot. But now Ellis Park is like stupid hot, man.
1: The pea patch, man. It looks hot on TV,
0: though. I have, yeah. say, it does look hot there. I don't, I guess I probably ran 12, 13, 14, 15 horses there, but <laughs> I never won. I never everyone, I got beat with. I got beat. It was like two to five one time when the horse was we we're just dropping to get rid of, it. and he lost. And then, <laughs> uh, oh, she lost with a Philly. They claimed this Philly out of Tampa, and it was people I didn't even know. Um, and they claimed her as a brood mare. Well, they got her back to the farm in Kentucky, and it turns out she didn't have ogres. Dang. So, one thing led to another, and I wound up with the horse. And, you know, she just wasn't any good. Um, I think we dropped her from, like, 15 to, like, the 5,000 Never ever went three. And she went off, like, two to five or three to five. And, of course, didn't win. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember telling her. And the guy that owned the horse was a really nice guy. It was, it was this, this couple and they were they were nice people really nice people and they they were trying hard they had a farm out in, um, for sales and it was a little farm but you know a nice little farm um, and I told them I said listen I'm gonna run this horse at River Downs and a, a dated nickel I said the horses there are so bad like so bad. She has to beat these, you know. I go, win, lose, or draw. She's not coming back to the barn in Churchill. (laughs) You've got to go from drive from Lexington to River Downs, which is only about an hour uh, and pick her up because she's gotta go home with you after the race, or you can sell her to somebody. I go, but she's on a one way trip, my friend. She cannot come back to the barn. She's banned from the barn. So I sent Cherie Cherie DeVoe, and and this girl named Ryan, Ryan Smith, to run the horse. And I said, you guys are on your own. You know, this is the first horse I ever ran. (laughs) Just don't bring it back. So I was at the farm. I had a farm in Lexington, which was, you know, I could talk for hours on that disaster. But uh, whatever it was, I got done early there. So I was like, you know what? Let's take a trip up to to river and spy on the girls and go see this fine oh boys. so I get up there and um, uh, I'm standing outside the paddock and, and river down is actually a nice little track it's, it's not um, I mean the horses are on there aren't very good but it, it's it's right by the river and it's Belterra now of course it's oh. a casino and I haven't been there since Why
1: Pete Rose liked it there
0: yeah so I go up and I'm standing there and I don't know anybody. It was funny because I go to tracks all over the place and I, you always find people, you know, and I like hardly knew anybody there. So I was standing there sort of incognito by the by the rail, uh, but outside the paddock, trying not to let them see me, just kind of <laughs> watching, you know.
1: Yeah, that. that...
0: So <laughs> I'm standing next to this lady and she's complaining. And turns out she owns the horse who's the second choice in the race. Now we're coming off the Ellis Park race where I think we were third, and I think we were like four to five or three to five in this race. This is how bad this, these horses were. I mean, these are like you know, like your your proverbial thirty or forty buyer horses. So she says, "Can you believe these these <laughs> these people from?" From Kentucky sent this heavy head up here to beat it's right against something myself.
1: You I have no owner, idea, I lady. I <laughs> told
0: the owner, this horse is banned, man. He ain't coming back to my bar This is it. When lose. I don't care if he wins by 100. <laughs> She's out. You know? And she said, yeah, this heavy head. And I, and I, I was like, uh, you know, she kind of looked at me and I was like, you know, just kind of shrugged my shoulders. Like, okay. yeah, you know, I'm thinking, like, she doesn't have any idea. That that's my horse, you know. So, Joe Johnson rode the horse, and he was up there to ride. Uh, the Cradle was that day. Huh? That's when they still had to race the Cradle.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: So he was riding the favorite in that race, so that's why he was up there. So uh, we had named him on, and, and I remember telling him because he came over the barn in the morning, and I said, "Just don't, just you know, just don't lose, <laughs> you know, whatever you do, <laughs> please." So uh, he is, he he wins by like eight or nine. She won easy. And uh, who do I walk into going to the winner's circle? Marty McGee. Hey. <laughs> so <laughs> we bring him in the winner's circle, and then I showed up. You know and the girls were like, "Oh my God, you're here!" I'm like, yeah, we're here for the win picture. So I won a race at River Downs, but I never did win a race at. Uh, I never did to race at the uh, Basically,
1: you should have won both. Yeah, yeah, they took them.
0: They took her home. I don't know what they were, whatever, become of that horse. But, but that's happened. That's happened. There was a horse named Shoop that used to race in New York. About yeah, I remember a gray horse, uh, yeah. Gasper Moshera. Gasper, that's right. Really, a lot of guys had her um, off the top of my head. She won a bunch of races. Great, you know, steak races, Mm -hmm. and she was not able to be bred. So she was claimed, I think, more than once. I only know because I cashed on her. Uh,
1: I brought my girlfriend to Saratoga one year, which was a bad idea. (laughs) Um, But she managed to pick that horse, and she only liked it because. Um, the name reminded her of the salt and pepper song soup, so yeah. Needless to say, we didn't last very long. I'm a little more, I'd like to believe I'm a little more intellectual than that. So, <laughs> I can tell you, Amber just doesn't pick names.
0: That's good. System, <laughs> um. It was funny. Uh, Twitter thread, the name Filberto Leon comes up. Philly! Um, and our, our, our guy, Patrick Nolan, the, the president of SPN. Twitter. the only guy on Twitter that everyone likes. Literally. The only. Incinerate winning the Better Roses for the Chief with uh, Philly Leon. Which, which I do recall. Incinerate. Jeez. But um <laughs> I also recall <laughs> we run in the chief entered one at the Meadowlands. This oh, is like This is the greatest 90, 96 story. 96 or 97. <laughs> and the horse is was um uh, I can't remember his name but, but he was by a horse named Cool Joe who and Cool Joe was was giant. He was a big giant horse, a sprinter. Uh, and then we had this horse by by Finny Mascarelli, I think, bred the horse. Um, and, and this one was he was a big sprinter too. He was he was fast. He had a lot of speed. And <laughs> so Chief puts him in at the lines and, and he names Phil Leone. So. <laughs> so I said to Leon, "I got to leave early to go to the Meadowlands with this horse. Go to the Joction, because he was riding at Belmont that day. I said, uh, and this was the fall, obviously the Meadowlands. Um, Make sure you get the big girths because this horse has got extra big girths because he's freaking giant. And you never know. I mean, the Meadowlands, even then, oh, it wasn't uh, the meet, It wasn't like a long meet, so." So we get over there and and it's like wicked cold that day you know the wind was whipping and um, the groom that rubbed the horse <laughs> um, he had a wooden leg <laughs> so <laughs> yeah this, is, this was was a pirate this is the pirate <laughs> ship that jerking red <laughs> and people have no idea. People have no idea the handicap he, he he handicapped himself sometimes. So the guy was a good groom, but he just struggled a little bit with a really tough horse because you know he had a, <laughs> he had a wooden leg. Um, so uh, we come over and 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 we're at the Meadowlands, and the power goes out in the barn. So now we're in the dark for like two hours, and. And, and it just was, and, and I took the van over. I didn't drive over. So, so you're stuck. And it's cold, and, and, and now the barn's dark. And uh, they came and they gave us like flashlights. So it was just like insane. So by the time this race runs, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Of course, you know, we'd started, our day started at about five that morning. And we get over, and the wind is is howling and you know the the wind at the meadowlands aqueduct the wind can be can suck sometimes coming off the bay but the wind at the meadowlands is always the worst especially that time of the year when it was cold um you know the meadowlands is flat there's nothing right there's nothing flat so (laughs) or we were walking up from the holding barn which is uh at the top of the stretch on the the old stretch now it's it's on the backside, but um you know it's where the harness has their paddock. So we would go there, assemble, and then we'd walk down to the paddock right in front of uh, the grandstand by the winter circle. The old this is the me- old Meadowlands, obviously. So I remember it was so freaking cold. <laughs> Walking up, the wind was howling, and the horse is like getting all cranked up. So. We get in the stall, and the valet comes, and I said, "Did Leon give you the girths?" And he's like, "No." So I'm uh, I'm already like, Ugh. so he says, "But I got I got I got these ones. They're pretty big." So I was like, "All right, let's give it a try." So <laughs> we tried. The girths were about six inches too short, which is a lot. It wasn't, like, close. It was, like, way too small. So, um, I told the guy, I was like, dude, you've got to have bigger ones because this is, you know. So, the jocks room at the Meadowlands was a long ways away. They had to kind of, like, walk down a set of stairs and then walk, like, 100 yards and then go up a set of stairs. And So, it wasn't like it, it was just, you know, a 30-second walk. So, now the horse, he just half got saddled. Now he's all cranked up, so now he's jumping up and down, and the wooden leg guy can't hold him, so I wind up taking a hold of him and, and walking him around, and everybody else is saddled, and we're, and we're still, we got this big horse, and, and he's he's huge, right, and he's bucking and kicking, and the wind is blowing, and so now we're holding the race up. So, finally the guy comes back, and he's got these girths, right, and and they're not, they're big-er, but they were just stretched out <laughs> like they were they look like like Sam Bullmetus used them in like the 1964 <laughs> Jersey Derby. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, you know, <laughs> these things are about 50/50 to snap during the race. So it's like, oh god. So we, we get it on uh, the horse and and, and <laughs> believe me, it it took every effort, all the effort in the world and I'm pouring sweat. Now it's about 45 and windy. And I'm got sweat pouring off me because uh, I'm I'm so, you know, like worked up. The horse is all worked up. The wooden leg guy, he's he's going out. He's done. So Leon comes out and he, he's like half asleep. I cussed him like a dog, like up and down, and and, and like, you better win this race, Leon. <laughs> so they go to the they go to the track. The paddock judge comes over and he says, listen, you can't yell at the jockey. So like, you know, he goes, you, you, you know, you'd be the first jo- or first trainer ever f- fined for, for yelling at the jockey before the race. <laughs> and I said, well, did you see the production that we just had? That was because this moron didn't bring the proper girths. I so said, if he had brought the proper girths, we'd have got the horse saddled. The- and he goes, I know. And he said, I know. That's the only reason I'm not going to fine you. <laughs> <laughs> so, they go out to the race, and he's a speed horse. What happens? He winds up in the box. Joe Bravo and Tommy Turner, like, man, they they made Leon look like a, like a damn fool, and the horse gets beat. And now I'm like, and, and I come down, and the paddock judge looks at me, and I'm like, like, come on, on jog. I'm like, don't worry, I'm not gonna say a word to him. I said, I'm just, just. I said, what can I say? Like, what what is there to say after that? So uh... <laughs> so we go back, we're going back to Belmont, we get the horse, you know, back at the barn. get him all ready, get back on the truck, and we're on the, uh, the, the Cross Island Expressway, and what happens? Construction. Uh... We got back at 4.30 in the morning. He didn't need to go home. Nope. So I'm, I'm sitting in the office, and Jerkins comes in about 5.30. What are you doing here? <laughs> 4 to 6. And he goes, what happened last night? And I told him, I can tell you what, what's never going to happen again. Chuck is never going across the river to saddle a horse. If Filberto, if Filberto Leone is driving him, that's never going to happen ever again. <laughs> what did Leon do? And I told him. And he was like, Ah! So, don't you know, he puts the horse back in at Midlands two weeks later. And, and I don't remember if it was two weeks or 10 days or what, but, but a short period of time in a class over his head. He raised him a class. And he puts Jody Giorgio, who's our exercise rider, on the horse. <laughs> you know what happened, right? Winner wire to easy wire. money. <laughs> Jody brought like six pairs of girths. <laughs> he he brought every every curse that they had at Belmont Park to the metal Lands that night. Uh, I remember telling him it was one of those metal hands nights. Don't fall off, speed was just like golden. And I said, Jody, just go to the lead, do not you know don't let anyone get to the lead just go to the front and, and he went to the front he opened up about 10 I think he went like 21 and 2 to the quarter on the backside <laughs> I was thinking man you better hold on but he did pretty easy oh, man that, that was That was some uh, that was the Metallands was I know they're racing those those six horse turf cards nowadays but no, I remember
1: those those night cards on Mondays. Monday night cards were the greatest. Yeah. <clears throat> A lot of good horses ran at the Mountainlands too over the years.
0: John Henry. hmm I think Seattle Slough ran. I think Seattle Slough lost there. No, that wasn't Seattle Slough. That was uh, um maybe it was Seattle Slough. I don't know. I was so young, I can't remember. It was those races.
1: Like, the real Pegasus was there. (laughs) The original.
0: Yeah, right. Well, the Pegasus was the dining room there. Yeah, They they had a great buffet. It was crazy. The Meadowlands was, was like a hopping track. I mean, there'd be big crowds over there.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember we did the daytime, nighttime Belmont Meadowlands. And it was really—it was actually more crowded at the Meadowlands
0: than it was at Belmont. Yeah, they would get we get big crowds at the Meadowlands. Oh shit! The mayor's calling. Uh oh. Mayor, the mayor wants in. Got to bail him out. Probably. <laughs> He's he's got a he's got a a, a a wife to be now.
1: A mayor wrangler.
0: That's right. I don't know how
1: to. Uh, I don't know how to patch him in. No idea.
0: No clue. Yeah, the races used to be great, man. It's uh it's something that's lost these days. It just is and people who are of our age, our age and, and you know, even a little bit younger that they, they can remember like going to the races and, and there'd be people there. And it's just not the same nowadays. It just isn't. It's it's hard to to say hmm. But there's just not that buzz, you know. Like Saratoga, you get it. You get a Derby week. You get a Keen. You get, you know, the the, the usual suspects. But right, um, it's just uh, it's just hard for people to comprehend. And you know, we had this inane thread on Twitter the other day about this one guy who was talking about, about you know, about fans, and it's like, dude, fans, like, wh- what are we gonna get fans of? Like who's coming to the races on a Thursday afternoon? It's a quote unquote just a fan, and yeah, there's people that would come, but I'm talking about like on a whole scale fashion. Like we don't have a game, we don't have stars. Like you would go to a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game for what reason to see the game? Right, you want to see the game because you probably have a rooting interest on one side or the other, or there is a star player that you want to see in person, that you want to actually see. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't have that in this sport. That happens very, very rarely. Well, we do have it, but it's just not what it... Well, there's just, uh, there's no, like, who comes to the races for a rooting interest on on a day when it's not a stakes day?
1: Right, nobody.
0: Nobody, and that, that was my point, was that What's what's a compelling reason to come to the races? The only compelling reason to come to the races is to make race. money, to to the, the gamble, it's the gambles, the bet on the races. And and that's it, it's it's just hard to fathom that there's still people out there, you know, in the racing business of in some way, shape, or form that just don't get that. They're saying, well, you know, we need sponsorships and all this other stuff, and I'm like, dude, what are they gonna spot? What are we sponsoring? Oh, this isn't really a sport. Right. <laughs> I mean,
1: that, that, that kind of stuff should be very secondary to the whole gambling venture aspect. It, it just it's it, it how just, that uh, gets
0: lost in, in all of this. Like we're controlled, like it or not, by by entities other than ourselves. State commissions. And now we have this heist to deal with. We're state mandated gambling. Activity, it just happens to involve horses racing. The actual sport of it, the racing of it, it just isn't compelling viewing. There's just no reason to go out there to watch the third race from Aqueduct or Laurel or or any. Gotta really love horses or something. <laughs> sure, you
1: just kind of partake
0: like. And you know the ideas that people come up with about beer gardens or this or that; those are gimmicks. You're getting the the idea that people are going to become racing participants by osmosis, just by showing up once uh, at the racetrack. There's lots of people in the game that, that were exposed to the races that wound up becoming, you know, getting involved in the business. Mm-hmm. But those experiences versus the entire population are ten thousand to one most people either don't have the disposable income or uh, if they're not going to bet like why would they keep coming back? and i'm not saying that they don't come to the races once a year, twice a year or something like that or have an outing there. well, it's almost but like you can't create a business out of that. it's not a bit there's no business of fandom of, of horse racing because like how do you how do you create revenue from those people? well, it's like,
1: you know, if a person went to the movies and and they didn't want to watch a movie they wanted to read a book
0: yeah right like they have, you know those chairs.
1: those people that go on those days where they have food trucks or whatever the the main attractor for them is the food truck not the actual racing so well, I mean, it's it's you know it's what i mean true. getting them across is difficult that you know getting them to go to the track like if somebody's bringing someone to the track just to go to the track it's about gambling it's not about the food or anything else you know if if they happen to have good food there great but that's not the main attractor no and that's i don't know understand how we got away from that and and i guess you're on the right track with it by saying you know they're trying to do these gimmicks and and be friendly with whomever they're getting assistance from which you know kind of makes sense but you know it's just seems to me like a really futile enterprise for people to not promote this as a gambling venture
0: yeah just it's just weird to me and like hey, you know what, if your track wants to have food trucks once a week or once a month, that's fine. I have no problem with you know? any that, of that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, that can't be your business.
1: Right, it can't be the main point.
0: The, you know, and then, of course, the the Uber capper jumped in and was, you know, say, well, a Keeneland, that's a Keeneland, Keeneland doesn't count. A, a Keeneland, Keeneland is such knows, an outlier on Keeneland so many fronts. billion dollars worth of horses a year, okay? a billion dollars with the horses they sell. What other track does that? None. Zero. It's Keeneland, it's in Lexington. It's it's 15 days in the spring and it's 15 days in the fall. It's great. It's awesome. But it's not it's not applicable to other places. Saratoga, not applicable. Delmar, not applicable. It just isn't. You can't make a Saratoga somewhere else. You can't create a Delmar somewhere else. You can't. You can't make Keeneland uh, somewhere. Tampa Bay Downs can't say, oh, we want to be like Keeneland. They can't. No. They can't. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with Tampa Bay Downs. But Laurel can't say, hey, you know, we want to be like Keeneland. We want to run 15 days and five five days and, you know, and have good purses and this and that. Well, you, you can't do it. And it's not going to work because you're not Keeneland and you don't sell a billion dollars worth of horses at Laurel. And guess what? You also don't have, you don't have Lexington.
1: Right. Behind you in every way, shape, and form.
0: You don't, you don't have, you know, 30,000 college kids that, that, you know, one of the main things they all do as a rite of passage is go to Keeneland and get drunk. It's just like, this is the, this is the problem. It's like, you can't do that. It's great for Keeneland, but that's for Keeneland. And that's the point that people just miss. You cannot capture what happens at some, certain places. Like the Kentucky Derby is, is amazing, right? It's, it's just this huge race. It's, everyone knows about it. It's got the huge amount of interest. It's got public interest. It's got, you know, everybody wants to win it. Well, you can't make another one. It's the only one. It's unique. It's a reason that it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's taken you know, literally a hundred years to build that up. You can't just make that, and and that's the thing that that just escapes these these people with these ideas. And and I was trying to say, and uh, that I went to school in Arizona, University of Arizona, the racetrack program, a long time ago, man, a long time <laughs> ago, and believe me. People had those same ideas back then, and they have not worked. It's the same idea that people had that we were going to get crossover from slots customers. Oh well, they're gamblers; they're going to get we're going to get them into the building. We're going to put a TV up there. We're going to just you know, it, it was it's a miserable failure. There's almost no turnover from from slot players to horse players, and it's because they have a different mentality. So playing slots and playing horses. And mindless, completely, completely, completely mindless. Gambling is gambling. Is gambling, right? But it's not. It's it's totally different. Slots, totally different. different.
1: So you don't have to do anything but push a button,
0: right? It's it, it's it's just action. <clears throat> it's not, you know. There's no strategy. There's no planning. It's just action. And that's the thing is that a lot of people in this business thought that we would get people because they. We got them in the building and that's just not the way it works. Just getting them in the building isn't enough. It's enough for the rare person. It's enough for the the one out of a hundred,
2: but that's not enough.
0: Gambling is what this business is. In a lot of ways, the harm of... And let's say this, you know, I'll say this right up front. Without the proceeds from Racinos, most of the tracks in this country would be closed at this point. They wouldn't have made it, especially now. But the mentality that many in this industry have um, adopted. Because of that money, the, the lack of focus, and there's always been a lack of focus on the gambling side, but even as people became more aware of the economics of racing and, and as such, there's still the connotations of the betters are a nuisance and hey, we got slot money, and you know, look at Kentucky's purses, and do we really need, you know, uh, and that sucks, because the slot money is not going to stay forever, and you can tell me, well, that's the law. I said, well, I can all tell you. The law. They write new ones all the time. Laws changes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, um, I remember saying this about a conversation with some guys when i was at parks this was years ago and they were kind of contemplating and you know saying how great everything was and i said guys look around look at us look at look at pen look at the harness tracks if i gave you a billion dollars and this is what you came up with would would you be happy and i said well what do you mean i said well if you put a billion dollars into something because that's about what we've gotten about a billion dollars does this look like a a billion dollars worth doesn't look like it to me I said someday a bunch of politicians are going to say the same thing and it wasn't that long after that they came calling for the money and they got a little bit of it and I'm not one of these deranged people that says oh my god The game has to live on its own merits, blah, 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 blah. That's a carpet of (laughs) shit. Everything's subsidized. You know what? You watch NFL football? Subsidized. You know what's subsidized? By By you. (laughs) All these stadiums they're playing in.
1: Stadiums, the TV deal, streaming.
0: Them stadium deals. That's subsidized by... By you, by, by the taxpayer. Don't tell me about this, you know, business has to stand alone. No, that's not true. I just wish that the money was, have been used in a, in a proper manner to grow the game instead of just throw money at, at certain classes and, yeah, whatever. Anyways, we've talked too long. So, time lord, we got the yeah the time lord, the time lord. Um, we have um, we have Keenland coming up this weekend. They got a bunch of stakes, and yeah, this weekend's gonna be lit. The one thing about Keenland,
1: first weekend is always lit.
0: They they always buck the trend of of. I shouldn't say always, but for the most part they bucked a the trend for field size in those state races. People wanna run at Keeneland, they just do. A lot of the power brokers and people with um you know, the big horses, they they have operations in Lexington and, and running at Keeneland is, is important to them. So those races are always, always um good fields. good field sizes. I mean they're not always great fields, but But, um, yeah, that, we got the $3 turf bet, and, uh, and that'll be it, man. After that, like, it'll be some... Breeders'
1: Cup time.
0: Yeah, it'll be, we got a bunch of stuff for the Breeders' Cup this year. Yeah. So, anyways, that's, uh, that's it for tonight. Unless you got anything else, Mr. Sniper?
1: No, I think we covered it all. Um... Oh, oh, one thing before I go. Uh, Shout out to the Live and Breathe Horse Racing Facebook group. They show us a lot of love. They show us a lot of love. And we're going to show it right back. Love you, guys. Keep
0: doing it. Yeah, uh, we're supposed to do a show this week. Oh, yeah. Thursday, right? Thursday night. Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Yeah,
1: I don't know what the, what it's actually called, like the formal name.
0: I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think <laughs> of, it, and I don't want to say the wrong name. But right, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what it
1: is, but you'll see it. We'll tweet it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm gonna. uh on Wednesday. I'm going on with our man Joey Bianca. On, on the show. writers' room? Uh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. They wouldn't let me on that one. Uh, on, on the one with Joey, the the better show. Oh, better things. Yes, better. Okay. Things. okay, okay. That's what's up. Better things. You're gonna you're gonna
1: be his last show.
0: No, no. I think he's gonna keep doing that one. He's just not gonna do the. Other oh, thing. he's not gonna do the other one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because the better things is his it's his deal. So. That's his baby. Yeah. Yeah, he's allowed to he's allowed to comment on that one. So um yeah, that that should be fun. Joe's a good guy. I've known Joey since before he was in the business. I remember when he was a, a slave working for Steve Bick <laughs> at the uh at the uh the barbecue stand in Saratoga. <laughs> The, the much, the much missed barbecue stand. Yeah. My, my dad. And that was a that was a hell of a place, man. Bobby Frankel, Siaka, Jerry Brown. Uh, my, my dad used to go there every day. Of course, my dad, my dad stopped going. Um. He said, "You know, it wasn't as fun that." Uh, and that goes back to the social aspect, you know. I Used to hang out with the guys, and yeah, know. it was, it was, it was fun, you know. Our man Hooves. Hooves was he was a regular, Hooves. yeah, he was there. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the last place I could have eaten on the grounds of Saratoga, and it didn't cost a fortune. Usually, because. I eat for free. A <laughs> bit could always bring pies and stuff, man. But all good things come to an end, including the show. <laughs> all right, everyone. If you've uh, if you survived this long. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. See ya. So Barry came up with an excellent idea: a Saratoga racing Block, the Going in Circles Daily Saratoga Racing Blog, patterned sort of after the great Stephen Christ, who, when he worked for the Racing Form, did a Saratoga. Daily blog. Uh, Steve retired several years ago and we figured what the hell, let's let's try to put our own together. And so far it's gone seemingly well. If you haven't seen it, check it out at Going in Dot Substack.com or We put the link up every day on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, all sorts of social media. Uh, Check it out.